You're listening to the best of the TomBernardShow.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. That's <laughs> why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is? Is 800 or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had comedian Ben Glebe in studio, leading things off on this episode of the Best of. I love this song. <laughs> Are you headbanging, Tom? <laughs> oh, I, I'm telling you, I love this music. Absolutely love it. Uh, should have never killed themself. That's my opinion. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? bad, it was a bad move. Whenever you <laughs> like someone's music, you don't want them killing themselves, and that's a fair opinion. Don't Why didn't you express that? Yourself. Why didn't you go find Kurt Cobain before? And express that you enjoyed the music, and please don't stop. What an attitude. I loved his attitude. It's like, yeah, F you. You don't think think Courtney Love killed him? You think he did it himself? Well, I kind of like that take, uh, because Courtney sometimes doesn't think all that clearly. No, and she doesn't like sharing the spotlight, and he had talent, and she was, you know, on a lot of drugs. Yeah, you're absolutely right about this. Now, we're talking about what happened to people. Here's a perfect example that was just sent to me by a listener. Uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Do you know who that is? Nope. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. She, I don't know how old she is. She's a, she's a very attractive woman. Thank you. She's doing a Thank speech. Thank you, Tom. Oh, she is. Thank That's you. Appreciate she's that. a very attractive woman. I will tell you this, though, Ben. One great thing in your life is as as a man, as you get older... One of the great things about being, uh, you know, in your 60s, like I am, 
is pretty much all women look really pretty. You know what I mean? I mean, not that they weren't before, but you go, God, people are better looking than they used to be. Men and women are better looking than they ever have been before. And maybe that's part of it, too, that that people are pretty damn attractive now. But here's what we're talking about. This whole thing about being courteous and not being a pain in the ass and, you know, and we're going to tie video games into this because I was talking to Andy about that anyway. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer talked about infrastructure, drinking water, and LGBT rights during her State of the State address on Tuesday. But a huge number of viewers were apparently hyper-focused on something else, the cobalt blue dress she was wearing, and began to blast her appearance in general on Twitter and Facebook. Why? This is an attractive woman. What was wrong with the dress? I don't know. I'm looking at the picture. It's a cobalt blue dress. It's a very pretty dress. She's an attractive woman. You know, you know. The, I think maybe the problem with some people is, is that she's a strong woman, and she just goes, this is what we're going to do. And I don't think some people can take that. Was they it revealing say, oh, or something? Yeah. Was it particularly revealing no, or just the all. color? Nope. Is the color cobalt blue that they apparently a didn't strong like shade didn't of like. blue is a problem now? <laughs> We've become too sensitive in America. It's official. We've hit prime sensitivity. I was just pulled up. Someone pulled up a photo of this for me. This is a normal political dress. Look at that thing. Well, she's got an attractive woman. I have read the news story, and the original story. This story is about a news story, so it's like a meta oh, news. It is. But the original okay. news story. Uh, on some local channel was it was about a handful Fox of people too. on Facebook saying not nice things, which I mm-hmm. mean, when are you not going to get that? Well, that's true. I mean, it's like, yeah, no Facebook do, trolls exist. That's not news. Yeah. I wonder uh, what shade of blue TV those station. trolls are wearing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they never show exactly. themselves. They don't show themselves. She said, I'm tough. I can take it. I, I, but why do you think it is? Ben, we already brought this up. We already brought this point up today that video game playing, there's going to be at the Minnesota uh, Science Museum, there's going to be, a, or there already is, I think, I don't know if it's there, but it's coming if it's not, a video game uh, display with a hundred video games that you can actually go in and play. And I asked Andy, who's a video gamer, not over the top. He was at over the top at one time, though. You have to admit, Andy, you were over the top. When I was a teenager... That's what teenagers do. So what? He's still kind of <laughs> oh, over the top. Okay. Thank you, mm-hmm. Melissa. I'm thank actually you. surprised right now. His phone doesn't have one going right now. Really? <laughs> Sorry yeah. to believe. But I talked to uh, you know, a couple of psychologists about this and you know some community leaders about this, and they think the people, and Andy said the same thing, that people feel that they're in control when they're playing video games. And when they're not playing video games or commenting on Twitter or Facebook, they feel that they don't have any control, that the world's out of control. That's how sensitive we've gotten as a society. It's just insane. Yeah, people love to create a microcosm that they can feel more powerful in. I think that's always been the case. Yeah, that's... it's, that's human nature. Yes, yeah, some where people get yep. pets, they get to control mm-hmm. the existence of one thing, and then video games now you're controlling a whole world. The Second Life was very popular years ago. If yeah. you remember that, and I remembered I was signing yep. up one day for a Second Life profile, and then like 15 minutes into creating this character in this world, I realized I'm not even happy with my first life. Why don't I just <laughs> refocus on that for a minute, put a little more effort oh, there you go. before starting from scratch? And that's what people do. They just give up on. 
what they want for their own life and instead say, I'm going to start from scratch or comment on other people. We need to get back to creating the happiness that we want. And I think when discord is sown in our political discourse in the country, it exacerbates that problem to a huge degree. When, And I don't know if you're a supporter of the president or not, Tom, but I feel like he is very much trying to get people at each other's throats. He's trying to divide us. He's not trying to be the George W. Bush, unite or not a divider. He's very much like, every man for himself. If it gets me more support, screw it. I'll take it. Let's <laughs> let the country fight. Don't you think they all do that, though? I mean, obviously, Pelosi's into that deal. Look, I, I'm a centrist, so I don't like any of these people. I don't like politicians in general. There are a few that, I, that I've gotten along with and that I do like over the years. But you can bring me Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump and people on the left and people on the right. I don't like these people. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I think that they all definitely play the game too much. And I think Pelosi and Schumer both are playing the game back to Trump too much. I think Pelosi was totally getting off on the idea of this battle she had with with Trump back and forth, and he cancels her plane, and she cancels his speech, and all this stuff. It it was like childhood, schoolyard stuff. It was ridiculous. But you have to admit, Trump's the one initiating these fights. I don't know if he's initiating them all. He initiates a lot of them, but not all of them. He absolutely does. But when you have people like Ocasio-Cortez, who now we found out that Amazon is not going to build... Uh, a second headquarters in New York City, costing 25,000 jobs and about $3.7 billion in uh, yearly, uh, added to the yearly budget. She came out and said, this is wonderful. Yet another powerful corporation has been defeated by the people. Well, that's Where's ridiculous. the money going to come from? That's ridiculous. Know, it's insane. And look, you can't blame Amazon for it. Jeff Bezos is busy taking <laughs> pics. <laughs> That's right, I forgot. So he doesn't have time to build jobs at the same time. (laughs) And by the way, you know for a fact, Jeff Bezos' pics look exactly like his own head, right? He is a bald-headed man, and I assure you, he's so rich, he's probably had Jeff Bezos' eyes, nose, and lips put into his So when he looks down, he sees another one of himself. And you can't, you're the richest man in the world, you're going to do things like that. But then to do no, that sorry. and then also create jobs, it's asking a lot of a man. <laughs> this is uh, this is not meant to be a wise-ass comment in addition to what you just said. Having his eyes, his nose, and his mouth put on his mm-hmm. If you've noticed, he is already, and I'm not making this up, he already is cockeyed. So yeah, he is. he is. He is. Well, he is. So now he's double that. Whatever that might be. I don't no, know if you I, understand I, I just, this. He, he hits on, on uh, women this way. I've heard that he he tells them that he won't finish for three to five days when they're making love or two days if they have prime. <laughs> wow. That's the way he brags about his prowess. He really tries to I sell it. He oversells it. You know, speaking of prowess, by the way, I want to get this out of the way because every time that you and I have ever spent any time together over all these years now, I want to hear about your latest uh, conquest yourself. The last time I saw you, Honest to God, Brett Ernst was there, uh, and you you and my wife, and I think, Andy, you were there, weren't you, when we were out at uh, Mystic Lake with, with Ben? I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you were telling me there was a couple of these women that you had run into, and your things were going really well. And, uh, this is the first time that I've talked to you in my life where you haven't said, by the way, Tom, 
I'm going after a couple of really good-looking women. Well, so I got. Are you, are you dropping the ball? <laughs> Not in the least. I have news for you, Tom. I'm sitting next to my girlfriend right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, thank God. And she is incredible. What's her, what's her name? Her name is Carmel. What's her name? You should see the, see the look on her face, though. Uh, yeah. That's why I just laughed. Yeah. Carmel, do you, do you have headphones on, Carmel? I do. Do you have a microphone? She does, What the indeed. hell are you thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking? It's Ben Glebe. What are you thinking, Carmel? He's wonderful. I love him. Uh, thank I you, baby. I have her fully hypnotized, Tom. I have her fully hypnotized. I was told you were there, and that's why I went after him. So understand that. I'm just a smart-ass Carmel. That's all there is to it. <laughs> But no, so how long have you been together now? How long? We've been uh, dating since April. It's been a while. Almost a year. Carmel, you're not sick of them? (laughs) No, not at all. Damn it. And so I'm trying to push those boundaries, you know? I'm trying to see how much I can get away with. I'm really trying. But then I also was like sweet yesterday for Valentine's Day. So, you know, I kind of balance it out all the time. Well, there's another one. Another example where we're talking about people have lost control and they've lost their minds. Yesterday, I, I ordered two hundred dollars worth of roses for Catherine, my lovely wife, for for Valentine's Day. Way to make me they look bad, Tom. Me. I only spent eighty dollars on my roses, Tom. No, that's not what I heard. I heard it was three times. I heard it was two forty. You're trying to make me look good. I went that's eighty I per heard. per rose. I spent about a thousand dollars on a twelve <laughs> a rose bouquet. I did have also chocolate covered strawberries and sparkling wine brought up to the room as well. Well, I that, like it. That like is it the way to go. That's the way to go, right? <laughs> and Carmel, I, what did you get? What did you get for him? Um, I got him a card. Wow. What? It seems fair. Seems a- like absolutely fair nothing. It's seems usual. Like a fair trade-off. In her defense, I did make her watch me eat the strawberries, and I said, maybe next year you'll get some, babe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe it might work out for you next year. Yeah. No, I feel like no, Valentine's uh, yeah. Day is a holiday for the women, and so I don't ever expect anything for Valentine's Day. Um, I just expect something incredible for my birthday, which is in a few months, and, and she can start planning now. Not even a back So here's rub. what happened. There you have it. Uh, sure. No, Carmel, oh. help me with this, Carmel. Yeah. Okay, you ready? <laughs> so I buy my wife $200 worth of roses to be delivered uh, to the house, and uh, they didn't show up yesterday at all, right? So I'm trying to track them down, all the rest of it. So we finally get a hold of the – and there's no reason to rip the company because it was the local florist that dropped the ball. But So I called him. I said, I, I never got the roses. The, they go, What? Said so you never got the roses. She calls me back 22 minutes later and says, well, I tried to call a florist, but she keeps hanging up on me. <laughs> okay, so that's real good news. So I said, well, you know, well, whatever. It's, you know, they were supposed to be here yesterday. And she goes, well, why don't we do this? I'll give you a $15 credit, and I'll have them delivered tomorrow. I said, you're going to send my wife's Valentine's roses over on February 16th. She goes, yeah, that'd be good. I said, no, they were for yesterday. Just cancel the order. Not a big deal. I'm not mad about it. It just didn't work out, and I understand that. $15, and I'll get them to you tomorrow. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, Tom, right, how much well. How much did it cost you to hire a fake florist to pretend you spent 200 bucks on flowers <laughs> <laughs> and then cancel that order? 20 bucks, that 30 bucks? That is a typical uh, Ben and Tom payback, is what that was. <laughs> For being a smart ass about what he always talks about. Now, yeah, the fake rose buy. That's right. I'm just I'll whisper. I'm buying roses. I told her I'm buying roses. Uh, Carmel, how old are you? 31. 31, okay, so that's good. So you, yeah, you'd still be a millennial then, right? 
Yeah, I think I am. I think I'm at the cutoff. So, now where are you from originally, Carmel? I was born in Israel, but I grew up in Southern California. Oh, so you and Elon Omar get along really well. Probably. Not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. Who's that? Uh, she's a state senator from. Um, uh, uh, she's a con- congresswoman from Minnesota, who basically she's a she's a she's a Muslim woman, who basically oh, does nothing right. but attack Israel. Yes, that's yes, yes. So that's who it is, right? Which I really don't understand. What are you doing? Now, Carmel, I need to tell you this. Uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, actually, after World War II and the fall of Berlin, Minneapolis was the most anti-Semitic city on earth. And apparently she's trying to bring it back. So all easier. I don't, I don't understand why. I think that explains why I still have some tickets available for my shows this weekend at the Mall of America. <laughs> Anyone who's not anti-Semitic, come to my shows at the House of Comedy tonight through go. Sunday. Tickets at Gleeb.com, G-L-E-I-B.com. And if you don't come, you hate Jews. <laughs> I like wow. it. Just lay it out there. I like Just it. Just lay it, lay it out, out there. Ben, I love I Jews. Tell you. Thank but you. I, not coming alone, so I don't go. You don't know anyone? You don't have friends? Not really. Oh, my uh, what that <laughs> Look, that's really sad. Maybe you come to the show and you can be my guest for the show and we can find you some. <laughs> right, we're going to take a quick break. Be right back. More with Carmel and Ben Glee. <laughs> JB's in studio. And we're going to talk about Kinky Friedman, my favorite Jew of all time. Nice. Right after this. Tom Bernard. <laughs> Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. best of i just feel better already listening to this music coming up next we had tim lammers on talking about some movies next on the best of Tom and the crew have journeyed off to Key West, Florida, leaving us in the cold. Tevin's back. Yeah, I'm back. Hey, Tevin. We've got uh, Tim Lammers on the line. All right, Tim, we're talking uh, programming and and all the different iterations and versions, and you were starting to inform us regarding some of the options of watching shows like Stars Programmings. So, yeah, so let's say normally you would pay $10 per month for Stars. Okay, again, I did it. I, to me, you know, it was worth the money just for one of my favorite shows. Right. But when you pair that up with, you, you look at that $10 you spend on that where you have maybe five, six, half dozen, maybe up to ten original shows. Then apart from that, they play also-ran movies from years ago. I mean, you rarely get anything really new. And then you, you look at that $10 you spend as opposed to the 10 11 12 whatever you spend for Netflix. And look at how much more you get for that. I don't know how these stars outlets try to even com- – they can't compete with that. No. But you're, you're getting so little in comparison for your money. I'm shocked that networks like that are still in business. Yeah. Because, again, if you, if you have a budget and you say, okay um, – if I have a choice with Netflix where I can get 
thousands of opportunities, your options or whatever, and how many new shows do they put out a year, as opposed to stars where, let's just give you a liberal number, say a dozen a year, you're going to take Netflix, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm shocked that even cable television is still around because of that. Well, I think I think it's starting to get its back broken slowly, and we're going to see. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too sure if by twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, the cable as we know it is gone. Mm-hmm. I just I don't see how yeah. you know. I I even decided long ago what I was going to do is just wait and start buying the series on DVD when it comes out. Because if I yeah, bought the true. eight series that I like to watch on cable on DVD, I figured I was out maybe two hundred bucks. 250 bucks that's three months worth of cable yeah, right you know that's nuts why not just go out and buy what what you want to watch and then you've got the discs to revisit whenever you'd like to so i don't know i starting to feel like that yeah. crabby old man on it's the corner immediacy <laughs> thing though These kids in your, show, rock and your roll. favorite show comes back right and you want to see it right away mm. and for the most part i can wait for most everything but there are just certain shows you want to see yeah. right away but even I have to tell you, I was really psyched about uh, the new seasons of all the Marvel stuff on uh, Netflix. But I, that that even is tapered off. I mean, I think I started watching Luke Cage right away, and that was the last one. Um, I don't think I ever got around to Daredevil season three, um, and it took a couple weeks to get around to The Punisher, and I stopped watching that halfway through just because it got so ridiculous. So you know, there are just very few shows where I'm just you know, chomping at the bit, just waiting for them to premiere so I can watch them. So you're right. Why not? Why not wait a few months and buy it on Blu-ray? <laughs> you know, you might as well. You can tell us the truth. You've just been keeping Netflix around so you can keep up with Fuller House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the truth, the truth of the matter is I, I didn't I, I didn't ever uh, watch the first yeah, uh, iteration of that show, so there's really no reason to watch uh mm-hmm. fuller house mm-hmm. but but there it there are great shows i mean kaminsky method um boy what else do they oh <laughs> has anybody seen velvet buzzsaw yet no that's the new movie that uh premiered on netflix with renee Rousseau and jake gyllenhaal directed by and written by dan gilroy these are the three people who did uh nightcrawler so they brought their new film, and this is one bizarre movie. Um, it, uh, it's it's a, a movie about uh, the art world, the art dealing world, art criticism, but it has this huge supernatural sci-fi sort of twist. So I would What's recommend it, it just because it, it's called Velvet Buzzsaw. It just hmm. premiered a couple weeks ago. Uh, but it's damn good, but it's, I will warn you right now, it's weird. I mean, it is just bizarre. Um, I don't so, know if, yeah. we, I don't know if I, we've it, ever it's hard met. It's to talk but, about without giving anything away. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever met, but that, that kind of is my thing. I love weird and bizarre. Uh, Velvet? I'm going to look that up while we're chatting so I don't forget to put it on my list. Velvet oh, yeah, Buzzsaw. See, why, if, yeah. why are we not hearing things like this? You know, that's the other really well, weird deal. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, you know, because of what I do, I mean, I'm constantly every day, you know, several times a day or at night, whatever, I'm looking at the Hollywood reporters, I'm looking at Variety and The Wrap and all the industry um, trade um, publications. And, you know, so I'm, that's how I became aware of it. But generally, when you have a big film like this, and because I think it is a pretty sizable release for this platform, 
it's generally there when you turn on Netflix. I mean, it's it's like it's there as an option for you. Now that might be tailored, you know, due to my viewing habits or something. I don't know why, but you know, it it seems to be pretty prevalently um, promoted on the platform when you when you uh, log into Netflix or whatever. And that's how I became aware of it uh apart from you know the um, the trade magazines but uh, yeah how do you how do you advertise that sort of stuff look at that look at how they advertise you notice how netflix didn't have the big uh premiering after the big game with uh, that cloverfield movie like they did last year All i don't right. know if that movie move paid off or not but um yeah yeah it, it's there's so much out there it, it is hard to compete i would imagine that have you heard about that new series russian doll you know, it's funny. Uh, at the end of Velvet Buzzsaw, this that was the one that popped up into the queue, and I had watched it late, uh, so I didn't get into it. But I, it, it looked interesting. I, I, I don't really know any. I try to av- avoid any sort of details about anything. Well, here's um, here's like the that. the basics of it. This is I, the commercials of it look good, and I, I'm not giving anything major away in this. But it says Nadia keeps dying and reliving her 36th birthday party. She's trapped in a surreal time loop and staring down the barrel of her own mortality. And it looks like whatever version she tries to live, she ends up dying some other horrible way right. uh, throughout the episode. Have you watched any of this? Uh, no, I heard no. it's like pretty much like Groundhog's Day. Right, or or yeah, Happy Death or Day. Or Happy Death yeah. Day. And now yeah. there's Happy Death Day 2. Uh, which is out? Is that already out in theaters, or is that coming out soon? This week, this week. Okay. Happy Death Day to you. Yep. Yeah. So that, uh, but the first Happy Death Day was hilarious. That was a great, well it was done a great movie. movie. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see that. And I just realized there's another new show called Always a Witch on Netflix. A young 17th century witch time travels to the future to save the man she loves, but must uh, adjust to present day Cartagena and defeat a dark rival. I'm in. Witches, time travel? I'm missing all these shows. I got to just start scrolling through here and see what kind of crap is pulling up that needs my attention. Uh, I've been watching a lot of the documentaries on on there. I watched the um, uh, Richard Nixon and the Man in Black documentary. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I didn't. It was pretty interesting because I just watched uh, John or USA versus John Le- uh, U.S. versus John Lennon, and that was an interesting look at John Lennon and, and kind of this weird upheaval he was creating in America and how the FBI was targeting this guy. And it's pretty mm. remarkable that it was just within a few years of him finally settling down, he was assassinated. And, you you know, it, the way they were talking, it almost sounded like they were leading to that point where they were going to have to get rid of him to begin with. So I'm wondering if that was kind of a carryover his death, now getting into that conspiratorial thing. But then the the other one is the man in black and Nixon, and it's Johnny Cash and Nixon, and it's this kind of interesting story. They give you a different side of of the pol- uh, politics of all what was going on and how Johnny Cash was invited to perform, and he was, you know, he's not like a performer today. He saw the role of president as important, whether you agreed with the man or not. You you did what the president asked, and he asked him to come perform. But what was funny is Nixon tells him, hey, I want you to come sing some of that hillbilly uh, music that you guys love oh, so much. No. And I'd like you to do these four songs, and none of them are Johnny Cash songs. <laughs> so he oh, didn't. No. Johnny Cash shows up and does none of the songs that they asked him to do. And then in the middle, he does this one protest song. But he did it in a classy kind of way where it, it's really an interesting little short documentary if, if you're into that. But it's kind of cool to watch how Johnny Cash... You know, did what he had to do, but he did it with respect, 
and he was polite to the president and everybody around it wasn't a slam. And I guess other people had made large presentations and had gone after the president and his choices with Vietnam and, and, and Cash just handled it in a totally different way, which for a rebel, you thought, you know, was a little intriguing that this is the way he chose to, to go down. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many oppor- you know, opportunities for vastly different program, uh, programming on Netflix. You just don't know what to watch. And, again, it's kind of skews. If, you know, obviously, Dave, I mean, you, if you have a fascination with documentaries, you're going to lean that sort of way. And um, Because there is a lot of true crime stuff on there, too, isn't there? Yeah, there's true crime. There's celebrity stuff. Although, you know, what's really weird to me is you watch something like, you know, Johnny Cash uh, and, and Richard Nixon, and it goes, because you watch that, we suggest nipple clamps and hot wax. And I'm like, how does that even, where's the connection There's to this? There's some, like, that? subcategory, yeah, thing, right? whatever, label it as that connects yep. with some random. So, of course, I watched it, but I just still don't even see what, and then you go into that rabbit hole, and because you like that, yeah, you're going to yeah. love... Yeah, uh, goofy stuff. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about movies out right now. What about uh, my family? Absolutely love the Lego Movie. Everyone Lego, loved yeah. the Lego Movie. Lego Movie Two is coming out. Uh, what do you think of that? I mean, is it, was it worth it? Is it a worthwhile sequel, or is it a sequel we didn't need? Oh, I think it. I think it definitely works, and I actually screened that. Uh, my wife and I screened it with uh, Cassie, and uh, I'm sorry, what, what is the name of your son who's with you, Cassie? Oh, it's Max. Max, that's right, Max. And, uh, you know, we all enjoyed it, and the audience certainly was getting into it. And, um, you know, I mean, look, it, it works. It, it really, that first film, I think, was probably bigger than they ever expected it to be. And not surprisingly, the, the opening box office for this wasn't as big as the, the first one. Mm-hmm. But I like the way they took it in a different direction. They didn't set it in the, you know, the big Lego metropolis again. I mean, that, that beginning, especially where it was set in a, almost a, a Mad Max Fury Road sort of setting. I wish they would have kept it there actually a little bit longer and explored that a little longer. And then, of course, then they took it into outer space after that. So, you know, and then the, 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 the big issue with the first film was, you know the conflict between the father and the son well now with this one it's a conflict between brother and sister um so they did everything right as far as i'm concerned in forwarding the whole you know plot and the story of of the the whole lego movie experience i mean granted there are only two and the and the batman lego is a totally different film but um yeah, I, so I, I really liked it a lot. I thought, I thought they, they did everything right, and it was really entertaining. I'm just shocked it didn't have – it was number one, but they expected it to open far bigger than it actually did. Yeah, I think it's down by like $30 million from where the first one opened up. That's mm. Yeah, that's, for, that's a huge, huge drop. Right, and for something um, that was so, so widely popular, although when did that come out? That came out two weeks ago, right? Uh, no, last, this, last weekend. Oh, just this past weekend. Um, well, part yeah. of it, you know, I know in, in a lot of the Midwest was getting beat up by bad weather. I don't know if bad weather That's kept people true. from hitting the, the uh, movie theaters yeah. like they normally would. Uh, because we've had that polar vortex. It's just, you know. You know when you literally can't leave the house? Right. right you might die. Yeah, so yeah. when you've so got that cover. see movies. You've got that cover. I mean, we're not Green Bay. We, we won't go out in that weather. Right. But uh, <laughs> they'll wear no shirts. They're going to go shirtless <laughs> and watch a football game. game. But the, the the cold weather is probably what kept that impact as well, right? I, I would guess. Or are people getting, you know, I wonder if people are getting more like I am. If it's not something like 
a big scope movie to me is any of the Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, science fiction laced. So there's a lot of spectacle to see. Otherwise, I don't want to see a drama on a big screen anymore. I'll wait till it hits Netflix or it hits DVD for a buck fifty over at Redbox. Do you think that's also having an impact on people? Go for the big spectacles yeah, and then stay I mean, home for the the quieter movies. The point of the big screen is the fact that it is big and the resolution is high, so you can see. But it's like you know, I, you know, Jennifer Aniston sitting at a cafe. I don't care if that's in four K or not. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna watch it either way. Is that what you're <laughs> saying? Either way, it's a sure thing. I'll watch Big it screen, on analog. Crack, you cracked iPhone screen. <laughs> Tube TV. I'll watch uh, it. <laughs> well, and you know, talking about Netflix before, right. it doesn't even take long for a film to be to go from Blu-ray to Netflix. Right. Now, they, they, you know, they, I mean, you can, if you want to see Black Panther, that's on uh, uh, Netflix already. A lot of mm-hmm. the Disney titles seem to make a pretty quick transition. You're, they're out on Blu-ray or whatever for only a couple months, and they're already on the streaming services. Whereas, you know, cable, again, going back to that whole thing, it seemed to take about a year before you would see anything. Right. I think that has more to do with HBO. I think that has more to do with the pirating issues, how quickly people were spinning out pirate versions. So now you release the Mm. DVD shortly after and then release it to to the Netflix. Then people don't even need to buy the crappy version on, you know, pirate. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got more Tim Lammers right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Business like show business like no business I know. It was Tim Lammers on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the vault. Going all the way back to episode number 129 with Brian Ricci. Next. On the best of that night you open and there you are next day on your dressing room they understand. You know what's also like can I tell you one more thing about this card? Last thing. There's local call they want to know. Check oh. a box. Or collect call. <laughs> can you call collect? Was that a terrorist on a budget? They want to blow some shit up, and I want to save some money. Maybe they'll accept. And that would Wouldn't be a they? stupid terrorist because you what? could find, yeah. you can trace that call, right? Yeah, probably. Don't yeah. they say to you, you know, Ahmad's calling from? Right. You, you know, accept a charge from Al Qaeda? Like, no, right? Like I don't know Al. No Al. No Al. <laughs> Decline. It's outdated too. When was the last time you made a collect call? Long time. Like if oh, you make God. a collect call, you're in prison. I don't even know they kidnapped. still did them. Yeah, right? prison. But he has a cell phone. That's the prison. last time I got one. Yes. Some, I'm sure. There was a phone bank in yeah. Florida. Right. They were giving to the prisoners, and they were doing all of these. Uh, re, um, they were trying to get you to enter all these numbers into your phone so that they could use the long distance service oh, on your okay. carrier. Yeah, right. Actually, well, actually, it wasn't the last time she got a call from a prison. No. Yeah, <laughs> oh. Well, that was only white collar crime. Forgot about that. One. That doesn't count. That was yeah, that, well, that one doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's much more. No, we got many collect calls from a prison last year. Yeah, I've never. I, you know, that's the right. I, the last time I made a collect call, I was thinking about it. It was like when I was back in junior high. And I called yeah. my mom. I was call my mom to pick me up after soccer practice, right? Yeah. But my family, I don't know about you guys, but How we far never away paid. Did she live? Well, like she no, she only lived <laughs> ten minutes away. So why is it a collect call? Because we never paid for the call. 
instead of putting money in, I have a little oh. system. I'm not very like proud of it, but it's the truth. <laughs> Okay. How to scam? Yeah, AT and T. Yes. <laughs> well, we did it. Criminal mastermind. It's all right. Family that we did. They deserve we, it. We, uh, you know, you please say your name at the tone. You don't say your name. I say the message. You know, right. beep, uh, mom, it's me. Come pick me up. Let's go. And then oh, do you accept the bank? charges from? No. no, I don't know who that. Apparently, was. a lot of people did that. Yeah. Right. Really? Oh yeah. Oh no. yeah. I'm not no. the only shady one. I know no. this. Some others that figured out that loophole in the collect call system. So we'll eventually hear about uh, on I Married a Mobster. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Uh, no, it's I've on, seen the, yeah, that's you know. been out for that, that show's like two years old. Oh, is it we really? thought it was new. It's on the Oprah oh. Winfrey Network. Oh, it is. Okay. And it's all Italians, by the way. All okay. of them. Sure. Shockingly. Oh! <laughs> oh, <Enough. Whoa>, yeah. <laughs> Catherine took a shot at you there. <laughs> I saw that. But That's just, right. I let it go. There's one on helping me. This guy, uh, I can't remember, Scarpa. His uh-huh. name is Scarpa. Okay. So he and his son decided to get in a gun battle with this other, with somebody from the Bonanno family. I don't mm-hmm. know why that is, but they're getting a gun battle. Okay. So the dad do. gets shot in the right eye. Right. Shot right in the face, shot in the right eye. And he comes back into the house, and his daughter runs up and goes, Papa, Papa, what's wrong? You know, there's blood everywhere. He's bleeding like mad. And he keeps going, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. And he said it over and over and over again. And she goes, well, the reason my father didn't want me to touch him is because he's got AIDS. <laughs> what? what? Oh, my God. Who the hell has AIDS in the mafia? <laughs> right. You, I never heard of that. And you better have a good reason you got AIDS. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would imagine. You're going to get whacked real quick. <laughs> They exactly. frown upon that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big frown. <laughs> yeah, there's no acceptance. Uh... It was out of nowhere. She just, well, because my father's got eight. All like, right. Very what? casually. Yeah. Yeah, she was very casual about it. All right. Okay. Well, you know, it's... The blood. Could have been a blood transfusion. They get shot a lot. Huh? Right? Yeah, it definitely could have been. Holy <laughs> That's very good, Catherine, a blood transfusion. That's what I would say if I was um, a gay mobster. Or drugs. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Even that is better than to them, you know, yeah. like that homosexuality to them. Oh, Are they lightening up on that at all? Do you have any inside information? Uh, do I have any? Yeah, I talked to Vinny last week. He said there was a meeting. They said, you know what? Hoy, hoy hand holding's all right. They don't like the kissing. No, you got to go to your own apartment for that. You know what I mean? I'd be doing that in front of us at dinner. It doesn't exactly. go good with the lasagna, you know what I mean? Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they're so like it's a man, it's a manhood thing. It is or a manhood something, thing. Some kind of like you know bravado. Yep. You know, yeah. there was an episode of Sopranos where they were doing for a while. Where one yep. of the guys was uh, was uh, homosexual, and they were looking to you know take him out for that reason. He was hiding out. Oh. Yeah, he had to move away and everything. And he weighed like four hundred pounds, so it was hard to hide. It was hard for him. It was a big guy. He's a big fella. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. But he, I miss The Sopranos. I really, right? Really One of the best show. shows ever. Because it had a sense of humor to it. it wasn't like, mm. I don't like War- Boardwalk Empire that much because it doesn't have any sense of humor. Right. You know, the Sopranos. It was a mix. There's a mix. On oh, The Sopranos are, you know, Tony Sopranos beating the shit out of this Hasidic Jew. And they said funny. And he calls him ZZ Top. Because <laughs> he's got this long beard. And it was funny. Yeah. You know, Boardwalk Empire is it's not funny. Funny, sad. Definitely. Pretty funny, sad. <laughs> My no. grandmother, Italian American, does not like The Sopranos. As no, you know, like no, a lot of the older Italians, right. they don't because no. they feel like it's stereotypes. Sure, Italian. It does. But I mean, it is a part. It is a part of our culture. I mean, it is. 
based on and they're not trying to say that all Italians are like this. It's just no. you know, it's a bad it's a negative depiction. She doesn't like it. I don't like it. You know, like <laughs> turn that out. She don't like it. <laughs> I have a She's ninety three. She don't she don't she don't like something, she'll tell you now. She don't care. She don't hold nothing back. It's Good nice to her. be that age. You know what I mean? You can let it all go. Oh yeah, you can do whatever you want with ninety. <laughs> no consequences. Really? Seriously, they shouldn't have to pay taxes. <laughs> right. No, they shouldn't. You're, no, you're absolutely right. Once you get right to be 90, you should just get a free ride on everything. Absolutely. Everything's just free. Most absolutely. definitely. People have to be nice to you. I had a friend that moved to New York uh, to program a radio station. Uh, and he's Italian, right? 100% Italian. So he thought it'd be kind of funny. You know, I'm in New York now, and my people are all here, and blah, blah, blah. So he thought he'd do a, a funny bit on the radio about Italians. Okay. So he did this bit. And the next day he gets a call. Mm. Yeah, Mr. Armalda, uh, this is blah, blah, blah. This is the only time you're ever going to hear from me. Oh, yeah, one of those? That's what he said. He said, this will be the only time you're going to hear from me. Right. And hung up. It, that was it. It was like, you wow. better get the message very, very quickly. We won't right. be doing any more of those Italian humor deals. Oh, okay. The <laughs> message was underlying. Yeah, it yeah. was, absolutely. Figure it out. Will Deep. that work if I do that with you? Yes. Okay. Yes, it'll work out very Try well out. here. The only time it's I'm the only say time it. you're going to hear from me. It'll work out really. You got to so, say it like that, though. Uh, I'll have to practice. You got to use your hands. I'll have to practice. All right? So yeah. your grandmother, 93, Beesh. still alive. Yeah. What do you think about this Pope deal? Oh, you know, I haven't spoke to her since. I got to ask her about it. I always call her. She has a new ailment going on. She always wants to tell me about which, you know, obviously it's understandable. I want to like, I thought about this. I want to set her up with like, like an automated thing. Uh, like like an ailment line, like movie phone. You, like, right. you push a button, press one to hear about my hip replacement. Uh, press two to hear about my diabetes. Press three to hear about my Alzheimer's. Press four to hear about my Alzheimer's. But she wants to tell you personally, right? She wants to relive the pains. Yes, exactly. Right? He just trampled his punchline. I did. Okay. I'm sorry. It's all right. It wasn't. It was very basic. It was, it was an good. Alzheimer's joke. Oh. She said Alzheimer's twice. Oh, she there said, you go. You know, because you forget. Okay, I'm going to tell Catherine next week. Hey, Brian, why don't you do your act for us? Because uh, you'd love that too. Yeah, no problem. I, do that. I know you don't do that, but so, I, you know, being in, in radio, you know that most comics that come through don't like doing radio interviews because unless it's you or or you know Paul Castronova on Miami uh-huh. and a couple other guys, they don't like it because disc jockeys say shit to them like, well, "Do your act." Right. What? Right. You know, instead of finding out interest, like, how did you meet D.L. Hughley? How did you? How did That's you a meet? really cool story, actually. Um, I was at the Tempe Improv. Uh, he came through. I didn't have a show that night. I actually wanted to go see him. It was a Thursday night. It was the first night of the week of shows for him. And his opening act, he has one opening act. He always, it's a two-man show. Right. Missed his flight. Oh, really? And I'm there, and the owner said, hey, we got this kid, Brian Ritchie, he can fill in for you for tonight, if that's all right. And they're like, all right, I guess. You know, and they're like, "Uh, wait a second, he's white. You know, uh, is that going to be all right for him? Do you, they're like, yeah, he can handle it. He's from the Bronx. All right, he's sure, because, you know, Dio gets mostly, I mean, he gets a good mix of crowds. Yeah. Especially in Arizona. I mean, it's like 70-30, you know, but it's right, still, right. you know, predominantly uh, African-American. And, and, and for a white comedian, um, not all of them can do it. You know what I mean? And no, no, I understand. Right. Absolutely. So. 
I went up and I knocked it out of the park. It was really good. Took advantage of my opportunity. Right place at the right time. Right. And then slowly they, he started taking me. He had, he had such kind words to say to me. Great advice right off the bat. Super nice from the beginning. And his managers and everything. I remember what his manager said to me at the time. His manager was uh, this guy named Red. Big guy. He was one of the American gladiators. Do you remember that oh, show? absolutely. Yeah, he was Saber. Big yeah. dude. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I know exactly who you're talking uh, about. He was also in Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, he was? Anyway, yes. He was uh, Jax. Oh, yeah, with the arms, guy. the metal arms, yeah. Yes, he's awesome. <laughs> a little intimidating, though. I mean, big dude. Yeah, I would imagine. He says to me after the show, he goes, you're really funny, man. He goes, and you're white. I can make a lot of money off you. <laughs> word for word. I'm like, all there right, you go. great. Can I have a little bit, yeah, too? Yeah. And that'd so? be good. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, in, what in do you mean way? by that? <laughs> you mean jokes, right? Like, I don't know what you have in mind, but... So then they, like, took me on a road gig. I did, like, the Cleveland Improv with them, and then I did Biloxi, Mississippi. So they were, like, seeing, all right, you can work all over. And then I remember DL was like, hey, you want to go to Europe and do this military gig? And I was like, oh, my God, are you yeah, kidding me? absolutely. Of course. It's like, would oh. you play the Beau Ravage in Biloxi? Uh, we did the IP Biloxi. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, you've been? Imperial Palace. We, yes. we, uh, yeah, we actually, we built some military housing down there, the family. Oh, okay. The family. <clears throat> yes. No, no, I mean this family. <laughs> the family, you there. know. You know, the family built some military housing. It was, uh, military but, housing. <laughs> I, I love Biloxi. <laughs> yes. I think it's a great area. So it tiny. is. It is. Very tiny. Yeah, and they got hit. By the Big storm, time. you know, Big had time. to rebuild and everything, but they're doing good now. So, yeah. how, how often do you think it happens where a guy misses his flight and you happen to be there? I mean, what a huge break! A huge that was. break it was. I mean, really and then in this business, a lot about that just right place, right time, and meeting people, and you know, and uh, it's it pays to show up. You know, like I didn't have a gig that night. I didn't have to go. Right. But things can happen. And a lot of things have happened to me in other situations like that where I was there and somebody didn't make it. And they need somebody and you fill in, you know. And and, yeah, I mean, I've never missed uh, a gig. Uh, road gig like well, you know so far you know what I mean I've had some close calls where yeah. flights delayed or whatever but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I try enough. to get in as early as I can so yeah. that you leave yourself some room you know well, yeah. that's very smart I'm gonna break one of my own, own rules actually because Catherine and Andy didn't hear it your, your Popeye story with DL is very oh, yeah. funny oh, okay it's true too if you don't mind if you don't mind of course no, we were in uh, a base in England, right? It was called Mildenhall. It's an Air Force base. Okay. And um, some of the bases are nicer than others, especially the Air Force has a lot of money, more than the Army. They just do. They just... Yeah, they, they do. You know, so yeah. the base was really nice, and they, had they like, Americanize it wherever you are, England, Germany, where, like, they're trying to make it the most, like, home, mm-hmm. where there's fast food places. There's, like, almost like a, a Walmart kind of place, and, you know, all those kind of things. So there's a Popeye's chicken at this one base in England that we're at, and I go with DL over there for lunch, me and, and Saber and all the other guys, right? We go over there. There's this white kid behind the counter, and he gets so excited as soon as we come in because he sees DL. He's like, oh, DL Hughley. He's like, yes, you're here. Yes, okay. He's like, I'm so excited you're here because, you know, they told me I had to work tonight, you know, and I'm so mad because I was going to miss the show. I really want to see the show. I want to see you. And then I stopped, and I thought to myself, wait a second. Yeah, he's probably coming in. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. Didn't think it. Said it to DL. 
He's probably going to come and we got what he wants. <laughs> You got what he needs. What he needs. <laughs> well, he right. well, that's what DL said, right? Well, but you know, like DL, like for a second was like taken back, like man, did he just say that shit? But then he's like, I can't even be mad at him. Yeah. I can't be mad at the kid. He's right. I'm here. The little racist. Yeah, you know I mean, like, no, let me get a two piece. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Like, yes, that's messed up, and it's true. But you know, what are you gonna do? I love that story. It's a great. Story. Oh yeah, it was classic. It's true. He just DL just said, "Well, he's right. I'm here." Yeah, right. We, I mean, stereotypes come for a reason. <laughs> yeah, fried chicken. A black man will come in. <laughs> he's like he was mad. Go. He wasn't going to see the show. He's like, maybe I'll get to meet him first. Then I got what he needs. <laughs> yeah, you could probably say that about just about any other culture. Like, well, you know. Brian's in town, and we own an Italian restaurant. He'll probably come in. Right. You know, that's yeah. not really an that insult. That wouldn't be that bad. No, He's Italian. Bad. He's Italian. Right. He likes Italian food. Right. You know, it's the, or German. Or, right. And fried chicken's kind of soul food. Isn't it like part of soul yeah. food? What's so yeah. wrong about that? They get a bad rep. That one is... Uh, <laughs> they get a bad rep. I don't know. Who doesn't like fried yeah, chicken? Right. I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, we should all... <laughs> own that one they can have the talking in the movies they oh definitely have that one and they the lateness i think the late, and yeah. we were talking about earlier with philly right but they can't even deny it yeah i mean i'm late too it's, <laughs> but, yeah i don't you know, know about that one. I, rubs off from my neighborhood you yeah. grew up in a pretty urban predominantly yeah i mean uh put it this way my high school um was majority black uh we had a swim team i was it that was the whole squad. The whole deal. Yeah. It's hard to win a relay race. It's me again. All right. Yeah, you know. yeah it was jump like Jump out, that, but, jump back in. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, it was good. I grew up, I mean, with all races, which was not, you know, I filmed this, yeah. uh, you know, everything around. I speak Spanish. Grew up around a lot of Puerto Rican, Dominican. Habla Espanol. Por qué necesito? I don't want to get killed. You know, it's good. It comes right. in. Handy, you know. They must have come in handy when you moved yeah. to Arizona, for sure. Oh, right. And then mm-hmm. it transfers over. And they got a little oh, dialect true. thing different. Yeah. You know, just slang is uh, different. Yeah. Okay. You know, but whatever. You speak it, you speak it. It's enough. Get right. you by. Yeah, definitely. It's like in Italian neighborhoods, because I grew up in a neighborhood that was west of Penn Avenue. was all Jewish. Then Penn, then Lindale was black. And then Lindale, east of the river, was Italian. Yes. So you grew up with, with all these different cultures. Right. Living next so, to each other, yeah. So for me, the first time I ever heard the, the word brajul Uh-oh. was not about a meat roll. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Sure. Do you know what a brajul is? A meat roll. <laughs> well, it is a meat roll. <laughs> Correct. <clears throat> so the first time I heard somebody order brajul in a restaurant, I was like, <clears throat> what? Right. It's a slang for penis, basically. Uh, oh, brajol. Brajol. I was yeah. going to say that, but that sounded like a swear word. <laughs> it's not a swear. No, 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 no. Actually, it is a, actually, you've had brajol before. I mean, the real, the, the, the dish. <laughs> Our son is in the room. <laughs> right in the middle of that one. Yeah, yeah and he's right down there. Walked into that one. Yeah, how did you bring that yeah, up? Yeah, it did. Poor <laughs> 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 Yeah, exactly. That's why yeah. he's here. I mean, so Poke it's not a secret. Up with a fork. Yeah. <laughs> Cosetta. Cosetta sells them. You know, they're, they're wrapped in string. I know, yeah. Uh, oh, so you didn't know. I thought yeah. you didn't know. Brazil, she knows what's up. Yes. You know, well, you know do you really? No, well, mo- sometimes. It's a meat roll. It's a meat roll. <laughs> and that's, that and that's what it is. Oh, yeah, these things. You, with the stuff inside. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
<laughs> Click on the Amazon banner at TomBernardPodcast.com. Buy all of your gifts through our site. It doesn't cost you a penny more to shop through our site. And a portion of the proceeds go to the Smile Network. Click shop and support the show. Shop online through the Amazon banner at TomBernardPodcast.com. Brian is at uh, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy all, well, tonight, tomorrow. Saturday, he's doing a Sunday show as well. We talked about that. Um, now you're headlining. So yes, how, sir. How do you go from Look opening... Headlining. <laughs> <laughs> How do you go from opening for D.L. Hughley to to open? Well, actually, that's uh, I've been doing comedy twelve years, and D.L. actually helped me with the transition from opener to headliner. And you know, in, in comedy, technically, usually there's three spots: there's an opener, an MC, or like a host, right, then a feature right. act, like a middle act, and then mm-hmm. the headliner. So you kind of work your way up. That you know, so with I'm not I, with DL because it's a two man show. I'm more of the middle act, like a feature, like a because time wise, right? right. And right. DL was uh, very unorthodox. His show, he allowed me to do a lot of time. I mean, I've done an average of about 45 minutes in front oh, of him. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, that's why I'm saying like he helped me with that transition because I'm doing headliner time, you know, on yeah. his show. Yep. Yep. Like I'll do 45 minutes and then he'll do an hour. You know, I mean, almost all the time, pretty much like that. And there was a few times in the, uh, he tested me early on, on purpose. I think he did it on purpose. He left me on stage for an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, in the beginning. Man. Yes. Which, no matter Ooh. how, I was doing well, but no matter how well you're doing, like, people That's came for D.L. Hughley. Especially, <laughs> right. like, his fans are like, all right, white boy. <laughs> it's funny, but where's the king of comedy at? I can't yeah. see D.L., you know? Right, right. Like, and I'm like, don't worry, he's coming, I promise. You know, like, all the more. But he said to me, you know, after that, he's like, listen, man, we're going to be late. I'm going to tell you, like, that we're just late sometimes. He comes when he's ready to go on. He doesn't show up. Oh, yeah. Like, before and at the showtime right, at 8 right. o'clock and hang out, you know? Like, so he's like, I'm going to be late sometimes. And I need to know that no matter what it is, you can hold it down until I get there. Right. You know? And then it actually happened for real. I don't think it was on purpose when we were overseas. It was, again, in England. It was, like, another hour and 20 minutes that I was up there. Just, you know, holding it down. Like, I have the time, so it wasn't like, you know, you just do some crowd work and stuff like that. But but how many guys, men or women, in comedy have an hour and 20 minutes? Yeah, that's Not what I was going to say. Yeah, no, like yeah. a lot. It is. I mean, when, when I headline, like, I like to do about an hour. Yeah. A little more, not too long. You know, I mean, the whole show should be like an hour and forty minutes, about like that. Not too right. much longer. People don't want to sit too much. It's like a movie, you know. Yeah, over right. over yeah, two hours, it's like all right, I got it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You leave them wanting more too. Usually, yeah. you know. So, but uh, yeah, uh, so that definitely helped me get into the time wise and balance and that. And you know, so I'm working my way up. You know, you you I've headlined smaller clubs. And then, you know, you just, as your name gets out there a little bit more, then you can headline bigger clubs like Rick Bronson's club. And then that will lead right. to the next thing, you know, and then go from there. But, uh, Have you worked the Edmonton club yet? And April will be my first time. April? Yeah, they got me booked there April 17th. Yeah, for to the 21st yeah. great family. I heard great things about the club I mean about both these clubs from different yeah. comedians I mean you know us comics we talk where right, are you going right. where are you going oh, I've been there you know this and this is great but this isn't you know I've heard nothing but like great things about this club people are so nice well, it's, they got good food there it's a good nice food. room right it's a really nice room got yes. a lot of a lot of security out there because they need it yeah <laughs> yeah because those kids like to ro- roam around that mall man. yeah I could say that yes I was in there got lost yesterday for a little while oh, you did yeah sure <laughs> roaming around it all worked out in the end. yes God I got to tell you this one this is a re-reference but 
we uh, were talking. You, remember, you know the movie Reefer Madness? You've heard of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, they're doing a play of it here. Really? And one of the, uh, the the star of the play and the artistic director were in yesterday. And we were talking about, oh, okay. we were talking, about talking back to the screen and being late. Right. Right? The artistic director said, this is a true story. He goes, I went to see The Color Purple, the play. Okay. He said, you know, I'd seen the movie, but I wanted to see the, the stage play. Mm-hmm. He said, during The Color Purple, black people talked to the stage. Like, during the play, they would go, you go, girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not TV. They're standing there. Right. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. They're talking back to the during stage. The Color Purple play. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think it's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they don't need your encouragement. It's okay. They'll be doing all right. You know, like, right. yeah, the performers don't. People like to get involved. You know, even at comedy shows, you see them shout out. Yeah, that's that's annoying. Yeah, it, it depends. Well, I suppose. It, I mean, true. yeah, for them overall, for the most part. I mean, I usually like to stick to what I'm doing. But, like, if somebody says something, I like to know, what, like, would you say? And, you know, like, hecklers, like, if you're just having fun, sometimes you want attention or whatever. Right. Like, we talked right. about what... But sometimes if they're just the worst is just if they're mean. Like I don't understand. Like you know when they're yeah. mean, then it's not fun. That's the only time I don't like it when you're trying to like, you know, hurt my feelings or you're trying to ruin the show. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between you know you heard something funny and you're, you know, you've had a couple of drinks or you're having or whatever and you just right. impulsively, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, it happens. All right, it's okay. It's funny. I'll roll with it and we'll talk about it or whatever. You know, and even if you're talking, like I'll see what you're doing and I don't mind. You know, getting some real moments. Sure. Some of that's the funniest stuff. And you know that. You know, like, yeah. it's so funny because as comics, we could write and write and write and come up with bits and they're hilarious or whatever. But something will happen in the crowd and I say something back and they go bonkers. Right. It's like, man, that's the funniest thing all night. I've been working on all this stuff. <laughs> and I say yeah. this stupid little thing and yeah. you go crazy. Because it's, it's real. I mean, people appreciate yeah. the improv. And mm-hmm. it almost goes to your credibility of, you know, hey, he's actually... You know, funny on the spot, like he can come up with it like that. Well, we definitely brought enough clips for everybody in the class on this Valentine's Day edition of the Best of the Tom Bernard podcast, brought to you as always by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week. Ben Glebe. Tim Lammers and Brian Ricci. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. <laughs>